There seems to be some kind of disturbance. I'm gonna go check it out. We request that everybody stays calm at the current moment. Who are you people? I want a coffee! You, you, you are now to 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 Where love and life come together. come together. From the Spacebird Media Studios, it's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Hey, we're Roxanne and Ace. It is Unlimited. Welcome to Friday Cinco de Mayo. with me. I need it. Listen, Mexican food, I could eat it for lunch and dinner every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, was five dollar margarita probably somewhere? <laughs> you know. Just saying, just drink responsibly. So first and foremost, we want to say thanks to my brother's cup and Birmingham Mortgage Group for making this week possible. I have to know how was the Renaissance Festival? Just extraordinarily fun. It is. People are like, "Wow, okay, you're adults, you're playing dress up." Sometimes. Wayne's an assassin and little kids love that. And I'll run up to him and talk to him. He was a gentleman this time. Mm-hmm. And so he could be alongside his lady. And I had all my layers and my skirts. Uh, it is fun to just get lost in that atmosphere where really there is no judgment. I mean, you see some crazy stuff at the Renaissance Fair and you just, it's like being transformed into another time. And I've heard from a lot of people who were like, do we have something like that in Alabama? Yes, we have two, typically in North and South Alabama, nothing like the Georgia Renaissance Festival because it is like a city mm-hmm. and there are camels you can ride and turkey legs and just uh, big, big fun. Uh, I dress up in a costume and fly to wherever there's a rent fest any day. And so uh, I'm working on another costume. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's going to be good. (laughs) So I'll ask you, because this sometimes comes up, if you could grow up in another time other than (gasps) this one, is Renaissance the time you would choose? That was tough for women. (laughs) Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, certain things that we've evolved. Yeah. A part of me thinks this is the best time for women. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. We couldn't even vote. We were kind of like people's property. So I don't know that, you know, to dabble for a couple of hours with a corset (laughs) on is fun. Uh, Other than that. Yeah. How about you? I mean, I, I'm 100% Fonzie, Danny Zuko, like the fifties, late fifties, <laughs> early sixties would have been mine. Like right now on TikTok, the big trend from marvelous Miss Maisel is the pink shoelaces song and the dance from the show that is from that era, because that's the era that that show is depicting. And that song has been stuck in my head. Dun, 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 dun. Like it's just, you know, and I wanna and I'm not one of those guys that likes to watch dance TikToks or to even but there's something about the innocence of that, you know, pre-JFK's assassination, pre-Beatles, like to to be in that innocent era and then be there for when the Beatles came on Ed Sullivan and you know, and then watch how the 60s and 70s, I mean, it had its own troubles, just like we have our own troubles now. But there's just something, and maybe I've over-romanticized it in my head. <laughs> I just want some, you know, some dapper Dan in my hair and, you know, give me a leather jacket and I'm solid. But that would, that's just always been, I'm an old soul. <laughs> there's something about 80s too, the 80s hair, the 80s music. I don't know if you remember a band named Ambrosia. Oh, yeah. But one of the dudes in Ambrosia, white dude, 
has the biggest fro mm-hmm. I've ever seen on a human. Yeah. And I t- and I told Wayne, I said, was that a thing? How can I? Hey, can you hear that? I think Amazon just got here. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Delivery. Yay, uh, finally. Yay. The uh, Comic-Con costume. But I said, do you? He says, my children accuse me of having hair like that. It was never that puffy. I mean, it was out to here. <laughs> I mean, and so, and you know, I was alive and well then, but I don't remember anybody with hair that enormous. Now yeah. you had a mohawk at one time, right? No, I had, so I had the mullet in the eighties. Mullet, so, that's what I yeah, was thinking yeah. of. So I had, I had the mullet <laughs> and all its splendid glory. We'll have to post those on our Facebook page again, cause they are worth revisiting. But I, the, the hair that I was always jealous of in the eighties and my brother tried really hard. I think eventually he did achieve it, but you got like 80 different perms to get the split down the middle so you could run your hands through it and it would just naturally fall all into place. And even like my friends to this day that still have that cool hair, I'm like, man, <laughs> like how, how did you maintain the cool? Like, where does that gene come from? Like, you know, if we're studying some things that are weird, let's study that. Like the, the good hair gene, how do you get that? But yeah, I mean, the eighties being a prodigy of the eighties was something that I was like, yes, I'm glad I grew up in that era. Cause, and they said, I actually saw this statistic this week that they say that the music you gravitate to from the age of six to 22 typically is what becomes your favorite, either genres or artists or songs that you lean on when you need that comfort song or that flashback, which of course we all did during the pandemic. Everybody went retro and went back to, you know, the days of when things were innocent and we weren't all closed in, but I, they're right. Like when I need that comfort song, it's, I have like two or three playlists, you know, some of them are like, you know, yacht rock for those who understand what that is. So like the Ambrosia or 10 CC <laughs> or, you know, air supply, like I, I'm not afraid. I, I don't lose a tattoo by admitting that, you know, I, I love a good, I mean, you and I have an affinity for Manilo. So, I mean, you know, those yeah. are, those are real like chill bumps down. It's like, Oh, you know, they, they hit that, <laughs> they hit that last note, you know, all by myself, you know, I'm, I'm feeling it, but then, you know, give me the rock and roll too. So, you know, I feel like the eighties was a great, we had new wave and we had, you know, power ballads and we had hair metal and like, it was all in there. Right. So that's, uh, we, you're right. We have grown up. This is, this is the time we were meant for, for a reason. Well, while we're talking music, 50% of all folks buying vinyl don't have a record player to hear it on. Okay. And and I'm, there are many reasons. And I know you're the expert on this. I, I'm not an expert, but as a vinyl owner my whole life, that's BS. There is no way that you are spending 25 to 40 bucks for an album. Because now with the way that they press them, it's usually a double vinyl. It's not like five songs on A, five songs on B. You usually are getting two and three vinyls because they're doing it at a higher res and a better clear high def tone, which I'm fine with. I mean, it is a thicker wax, which I think is also why they're able to drive up the prices, but I'm willing to invest because I can take it home and listen to it. And there's a time and a place for streaming. And and I love it for all the reasons that that exists too, but there is nothing better than like on a Saturday morning or Sunday afternoon, dropping that needle on, you know, some Led Zeppelin or, you know, maybe an old Amy Grant record or, you know, what a Van Halen, whatever. <laughs> and that uh, right before that, two seconds before that, 
you know, whatever song it is you're going into, it just, it's so amazing. So I don't believe, I, I want to know who they talk to that doesn't have a turntable. Here are the reasons they say it's happening. People are collecting and they don't want to open the album anyway. They use it as art or, or they're giving it as gifts. It's a really wonderful personal gift to find yeah. vinyl that someone loves. And sure. so that's contributing to it. But I knew you'd have a problem with 50% of all people buying vinyl, not even listening to it. Well, but okay. <laughs> but so I want to go back to Little Roxanne for a second. Okay. So when you had like your favorite band, you know, insert band name here. Yeah. And you you bought the album. You went home and you opened mm -hmm. it up, and you you could smell the vinyl, and you you know you read the liner notes, and you learned the lyrics, and you knew who was producing it and who sang backup, and like you like you were immersed because that was your harder. At least for me, I'm like I earned my seven bucks a week allowance for doing chores, so I could go to Turtles Music and you know get my vinyl, <laughs> and that was you know, and even when cassettes came out, like you're pulling out the whole sleeve to read it in even smaller print. No wonder we all need glasses now. They just kept getting smaller and smaller. But the artwork, I will agree with. I have had album artwork on my, like I've had the frames that you could change out and I've got friends that do that and it's like a daily post. So there is a an essence to vinyl that I love is back for all of those reasons. But to leave it sealed, like, you know, I just, <laughs> I think I only ever had one album that I left sealed and it was Striper's original cover of To Hell with the Devil, which eventually got banned because the album, for those that don't know, it's it's the four band members as angels. They're drawn as angels and they're throwing Satan into hell. And he has a chain with a pentagram that's going down with him. But the way the album cover came out, it makes it look like that it's just a pentagram on their album cover. Oh, so they pull no. it. They stripped it to just black and red, and it just says to hell with the devil. So so to have that album, I was like, I'm, not, I'm never going to open it. I already have a copy of it on vinyl. I'll play that one, but not. But then I had a chance when they did the 30th anniversary of that album. I saw them in Grand Rapids, got a chance to meet them, and so I opened it so they could sign that one. And so that one, hold on, hold on. Oh, is it right there? Oh, wow. For those that are watching on YouTube... There it is. Signed cool. and ready to go. That's great. And so, but that was my only reason for opening it was so I could get their autographs on it. Cause I'm not an autograph person. Like I, especially now in a selfie age and era, that's what it is. But so, yeah. So the artwork of hanging on the wall. Yes. But I also have a copy of this upstairs with my other vinyl that if I want to play it, I can so you asked about little Roxanne and her vinyl experience. It was 45s. I mean, we go really far back. I had an attic bedroom that had a partition between me and my brother, a little house, big family. Mm -hmm. And so he would be blasting, I am the walrus from his part of the attic. And yes. on my side, it was, and they called it puppy love. <laughs> No wonder I'm so demented. I mean that I mean that's not normal. <laughs> yeah. I actually was proud of my daughter Mia the other day. I mentioned the name Donny Osmond and she goes, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Oh, so and I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> 
I was like, okay, you know. And even like this week at middle school lip sync battle, they're all at the top of their lungs, like 200 kids screaming the lyrics to New Edition. And I'm like, how do they know these words? But I mean, I guess TikTok's introducing them to music I'm not privy to, but yay. Uh, but anyway, I love that because you've also had the Donny Osmond experience. So speaking yes, of I met meeting. Him. He held me. He was wearing leather. <laughs> <laughs> and Donnie's beautiful teeth were right here. Just mm-hmm. right here. Oh, they it's set great. me up good because I knew I, I, I love him, right? Sure. So I'm waiting in the room, and here comes Donnie, and he had the most supple leather all the way down, long leather coat, looking mm-hmm. like Donnie. I mean, Donnie's so beautiful even now. Right. And came in, and he said, where is my Roxanne? <laughs> <laughs> The, the, hey, Donny Osmond takes ownership of you. You're like, sign the paper. <laughs> right here, baby. Right here. <laughs> I love that. Well, nothing's better than vinyl and a cup of coffee. And the Roxanne blend from My Brother's Cup is, I think, the perfect hint for any new vinyl that you have bought. Well, and and you know what? This this just the smell is like it smells like home. It smells like peace. It smells like joy. It's such a great coffee. I got to pick it out out of many. And it has my name on the bag and butterflies. And it sends missionaries around the world. And it's run by a wonderful woman. Uh, Mike Pittman founded the company, was a former drug addict, became a coffee man to serve God. And now she carries on his legacy. Mybrotherscup.com. Click on the Roxanne Blend. And if you, when you give that, you're just giving a gift to Jesus. Just the gospel it's just awesome. And you should sip it in your own home. I think people right now are like, it's over for me. I'll never be. There's there's defeatist thinking going on. Mm. Well, guess what? People are still doing mortgages. Yep. Do not give up and, and say, well, it's done for me. I just can't. I can't do it. It's financially not feasible because to renewal at Birmingham Mortgage Group he loves to turn what was a no into a big giant yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and he knows about programs that I don't think I ever heard of. And I've had several houses in my lifetime. So by the time it was ready for us to get a loan, I was like, what's that? And he's like, oh, it's new. So he's always <laughs> digging into, let me see what else, you know, is now available that I can make available for families that, you know, really are thinking they'll never be in their dream home or in a home at all. And so he wants to make that a reality for you, even before you step onto the first yard. I used to say going to a closing, I would rather just go get my teeth removed. I'd rather go to the torture chamber because how horrible it is, how stuff can happen. You got to sign all this stuff. It's a lot of money. You walk out of a closing with him. You're grinning. We're happy. People are calm. And several of my friends have become personal friends of Terence and they met him to do a mortgage. That's how it's outstanding he is and the business is behammortgage.com, 205-259-1656. You'll love it. Yep. Tell them you heard about it on Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. I know that uh, when it comes to our faith, we've always heard the roaring lion. And I, I like to think of myself more as a roaring lamb. Like I'm, I'm at that age where I'm like, you know, like I'm going to come in and kind of, you know, but you rile me up, then I'm there. But I feel like as we deepen our faith with God, 
we get more bold in who we are because we see we see ourselves through his eyes. Joseph Prince, the great mega pastor from Singapore who who just has really changed my life's with life with a number of his books, writes about this. And he says he asked the Lord why the devil goes about like a roaring lion and not some other creature. And he led Joseph to Proverbs 19:12, which says the king's wrath is like that of a roaring lion. Mm -hmm. See, the devil is an imposter, and he knows that a lion represents Judah, the king of kings, the lord of lords. And so he's always trying to impersonate the real thing. Yeah. And well, so and it I, makes sense. And that, that verse came to life for me the first time I saw Aslan on the big screen oh. with you know, Narnia. So when the big battle's going on and then all of a sudden he comes in and roar, it's like <laughs> God showed up, baby, you know, and that's, and that's always that visual. So every time that verse comes up in a sermon or, you know, something that that's the visual of, roar. and I, and I think that's the thing that we forget is that, you know, God's not mad at you. He's not looking to come in and shame you and pull you down. He's looking to come in and bite the battles for you and say, I'm here to love you and embrace you. And yes, there may be some things I take out of your life, but it's because I'm making you better and I want better for you. So just next time you hear that, don't think he's going to roaring lion on you. He's roaring lion for you. Ooh, Ooh I like that. <laughs> Trying to find love, modern day love. I, I learn things every day. Like people are getting tired of dating apps now. You know, I'll never put them down because I found love on the internet. So I totally sure. understand it. So now there's a guy in Brooklyn, New York, 35 years old. He's got a great job. He's a cute guy. He decided I need a date to go to my brother's wedding. So he did the old fashioned billboards and he did little posters and papers all over. And, and people would see those and tear off his number and give it to a friend in like Texas and California and he heard from all these people and one couple said we'll go to the wedding together as your friends and he laughed about that and he met wonderful people and it was a great thing to do and then he went to the wedding by himself I'm like after dude, all that yeah I'm like dude Alex Miller you there were all these women that were very interested in what happened and he decided Ace that that just wasn't a very good first date no, it's the perfect first date because first of all, love is in the air. You don't have to pay for dinner. <laughs> they don't have to bring a gift because they probably may or may not know the bride or groom. So the gift is really more on you. So you really come out with a very nice meal with maybe even taking cake home for the night. Plenty of champagne, maybe an open bar. There's a band or at least a DJ. You know, I mean, to me, it's a great first date. I would totally if if. If it if the shoe was on the other foot and I had seen that in my single days, I might have actually like, yeah. All right. <laughs> now I'm always a little because I I never did the online dating side of it for the reasons that maybe something like this would make me a little squeamish of okay, well on the crazy scale, where are you? You know. <laughs> but then again, I'm crazy enough to call you. So what does that say about me? You know. So there's there's a balance. Yeah, like the rancher with two teeth from Texas who said something super naughty. You should not say to a woman about her anatomy and yeah. said, I'm going to fly into Birmingham and he had a big belt buckle. I'm going to take you out. I was like, Oh, okay. So some of the, <laughs> yeah, some careful of the online on the phrase, I'll take you out. That can mean other things. Scary. 
Well, it could it could be bad. It could be good. The future of social media has gotten a lot less social. You know what? I feel this. I have been spending less time on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter. I stopped doing because it just started boring me. Do you know why people are getting totally turned off? Number one is full of constant ads. Number two, influencers hawking stuff that we don't want to hear them talking about that we're not interested in. Yeah. Well, and the thing that bothers me the most, and I know you love TikTok, and I love it for the things that can be good. So I'm not (laughs) bashing it anyway. But the parts that do bother me is one particular one where someone will just stream themselves live. And all they're doing is just talking with whoever comes up. So that's as social of a social media as it feels. But if I don't know you, I'm, and 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 maybe I even if I were to come in and make a comment, if you don't make mention of me, that's like walking into a room and not being acknowledged. Well, I'm going to leave the party. You know, you've invited me in, but now you're not acknowledging that I'm here. Well, I've seen a lot of women who are just like, look at me during those lives. And if you compliment her, she'll respond. If you don't, she doesn't. And if there's weird silence, I'm like, why is this in my feed? Why am I seeing this? But there's some anointed pastors that are really doing, I wish I could remember some of their names, not famous pastors that are really doing some good Jesus work and talking to people. But I agree, it has some weird nuances of, if you're gonna go live on TikTok, please say something. Yeah. And I I do not miss the early days until you get your algorithms, because like the early days between dances I didn't want to see or inappropriateness, or there's this, you know, the people that get on the mic and they talk like this and then they make all the, like they have all the textures and they make all the sounds. and, And I'm sure that's relaxing to some, but I guess I'm this much like my daughter McCartney where those kinds of noises, it's like anytime someone's chewing, like, I don't want to hear that. And I'm surely not going to just sit there and watch you do that. It's like, <laughs> like there's got to be reruns of happy days on somewhere that I could fill 30 minutes than to sit here and watch you do that. Well, you mentioned chewing and that is one of the biggest turnoffs men say on a date is if someone has, it's so funny you mentioned that. Cause one of the things we were going to talk about, they cannot stand for a woman to hear the chewing sound or for her mouth to be open and you can see food. Oh, bad, sure. bad, bad first date. So manners are right up there. And if the woman, this is, these are the things that men don't like in a first date. And if the woman complains a lot, that's a red flag. And the next yeah. thing is, if she knows nothing about what's going on in the world, seems to be totally unattached to anything but gossip. Right. Well, and I always, even before I met my wife, I always wanted to be able to have the intellectual conversations, whether it be spiritual or, you know, if you want to talk politics or you want to talk whatever, like it can be intelligent, but then you can have a goofy moment and you can, you know, go see, you know, a ridiculous movie and just laugh at all the dumb stuff, but it doesn't affect the intellect. It's just a, this is an unplugging. And then later we, plug in and talk about or address other things. So the diversity of a man or a woman and as a guy, like I want to be the gentleman. I want to be the open the doors. I want to, you know, close the door when I use the restroom men. 
um, you know, <laughs> don't belch in front of <laughs> really. Oh. Ah, didn't oh. taste that, you know, like, I mean, don't be crass <laughs> and crude, like have some manners, you know? Yeah. And like, it's one thing when you've got like little kids and they do, you know, they fart and then you laugh, ah, you know, cause they laughed, right. They think it's funny. That's one thing. And I've been through that era. And now I've got teenagers at home. My girls are adults. Like, I'm glad I'm out of that phase because we can just <laughs> not do that. <laughs> so I have to ask you, do you talk to yourself out loud? Oh, sure. You do. Research shows that the most intelligent people talk to themselves out loud. And I thought, do I do that? Very rarely, and it's usually an affirmation. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, I am the head and not the tail. Like, you know, you, wow, you look great today. You know, I'm just trying to encourage myself. But it's not often. But the most intelligent people, and this is backed by research, talk to themselves out loud all day. Really? Have I? Where have I been living? Under a rock? I didn't know this. Well, and I think there there's the stigma is that if you're con now, if it's a constant talking out loud, you know, maybe just need a nap. You know, I'm not saying <laughs> things wrong with you, but, you know, there there is a level. But I, I, I'm where mine comes out is I, I'm either processing because I am a verbal processor or I need to scold myself. Like if I've caught oh. myself saying or doing something as you know, and so it's just that, you know, like and I have to. Why would you do that? Why didn't you do it this way instead? Like, you know, it's like. Who are you talking to? Me. I'm scolding me. Or I've put myself in timeout. This is what I need to do to get through this moment. Because otherwise, you bottle up some of that. Well, if you are defeating yourself, limiting your dreams, sabotaging your relationships, it may be because you don't like yourself. Well, guess what? 1 Corinthians 15, 10, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. Mm. So when we dislike ourselves... We're disliking, I think, the one who made us if we were created in his image. Yeah. And we can forgive other people and love other people, but a lot of times we beat up on ourselves terribly, whether it's verbally, out loud, or just mentally, or we say, well, I'm not enough, I'll never be enough, or whatever it is. God, you belong to him. Hopefully, you're in his family. Mm-hmm. You have great value to God, great value. You know, you were talking, uh, this is off air before the podcast, about the value God places in every single one of us. Mm -hmm. And we can't lose sight of that. And who was he hanging out with? Was he coming to the pretty stained glass church? Or did he stop and, and touch a leper, which no one did at that time? Yeah, people like you and I were judging him and hanging him on a cross, you know. So it's it's one of those, and I was actually, I, I somehow ended up down a bunny trail on TikTok today of Steve Harvey inspirational quotes. Uh, like I'm watching one after the other because he talks to his audience, you know, before and after his talk show, before and after Family Feud. Like he's there to engage with them, right? And there was one thing that he said, he was talking about success and, and it goes back to how we see ourselves. Success is not when you've achieved something like you're not chasing after someone else so that you can be better than them. Are you better than where you're from? 
And, and he wasn't making any spiritual connections, but when you add the God factor, who were you before Christ? Who are you now? And what have you achieved in that time? Has it been a year? Has it been 30 years? What is that time of duration? And look back at who you were then to now and what you've accomplished in your jobs or your ministry or your family and go, I have been successful. And that's not to sound egotistical, but it's to say, look how God really worked in situations that I never thought. I thought I would be over here doing these things, but he took me over here and I'm so much happier or I'm so much more content. And instead of chasing after, well, you know, Johnny got my job or Cindy took, you know, the man I was in love with, Mm -mm, that wasn't for you. And so I love, I love that mindset, as Steve is saying, you know, look at your measure of success of where you came from to where you are, and then be the best at where you're at so that you're ready for whatever's coming. Because again, it's an achievement from where you came from, not an achievement measurement off of someone else. Well, and he's so qualified to talk about that. He lived in his car for a year and look where he is now. And uh, his natural humor without having to be gross and putrid mm-hmm. is so appreciated. He just has the, na- you know, when he's the game show host, he is doggone hilarious. But he also loves God and really doesn't give up on anybody. You just don't know when your break will come. It's always darkest before the dawn. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And the other thing, too, is. Look back at maybe where you were two months ago. Have I grown? What have I learned? And I thought, am I stagnant? And then I thought, no, I learned how to grow a garden, (laughs) a dream. I've always, and Ace, guess what I pulled off today? Oh, you have to hear about this. I made a dish from Giada, who it was on the Food Network. I think she still is. Yeah. She does a... Wheat linguine, so it's very healthy. I used from my garden fresh oregano and basil. It had cherry tomatoes, asparagus, garlic. Guess what's growing in my garden? Garlic. And when you pluck it from your garden and your dish is so aromatic, you want to fall into it. Mm-hmm. <gasps> there is something about fresh garlic, too. Like it, it, it. <sighs> It cooks better. It tastes better than anything that you get from the store or, you know, any powder that you try to, you know, manufacture. But I'm proud of you in the garden. I don't know what it is. Like there's a season because Tawny's in that same vein, but hers is with plants. Like she's got three little plants right now that she's given names and she's been doing TikTok videos <laughs> on and people have been suggesting, do this, do this, they'll grow more. And and they are, they're flourishing. And I'm very happy for her and her family of plants. I, don't ask me to name them all. I think one no, of them is she Jerry. has a name for one of them. And in the TikTok, the cutest thing happens. There's a close-up on her begonia and then a bee. It's like something she scripted yeah, out of a movie. that's right. Yeah. Comes and goes. And then her voice is so cute. Oh, there's a bee. And But you know what? I get it. I get the simple pleasure of watching something grow. It's spiritual. I just get out there in the morning. I'm like, look. A new leaf. Thank you, God. And yeah. I probably lost 80% of our folks that listen and watch right now. They're like, okay, Ragasan's watching a leaf grow in the garden. But until you try it. Right. Well, and I <laughs> joke with Tony. I was like, yes, because watching your own children grow is not a joy <laughs> as a plant. She's like, shut up. 
That's not what I mean. So, again, <laughs> I'm just making fun of the situation because I am not a green thumb, nor do I want the added responsibility. Like feeding Charlie as I come um, up and down into the basement every day is the most added responsibility <laughs> that I need in my life or that I'm willing to accept. And it's and so if you're good at it, awesome. So I love that your garden is thriving. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for my first meal that's okay. going to be a, clearly with garlic. Yeah. Uh, okay. All, all sorts of wonderful, wonder, wonderful herbs. And it had shrimp in it, too. I don't know if you like shrimp, but oh, I may have to make it. Are you it. kidding? Have you, yeah. you met me? <laughs> I mean, shrimp is like, of course, I, I got on the shrimp taco kick for the longest time. And like any way that I can incorporate shrimp into something. And now, like for those that are, have access to a Publix, or I, it might even be at other stores too, but in the freezer section now, there are three different types of shrimp meals that are like a heat them up and eat them up. So like if you're a family that's busy or you're not really good as a cook, they've got like shrimp and grits. There's like an Alfredo shrimp. There's a, what else? There's a mac and cheese one like there and there's, but it's all these different ones and they are amazing. I get them for the kids and I, when it's just us, cause they're picky. And so I'm like, all right, how about this? Like, yeah, you know, and you know, they dabble or Mia dabbles and then Ryan, you know, and inhales it. So it's like, <laughs> Hey man, one bite at a time, but you bring up a good point though. So we, you talk about, you know, do you like shrimp? You and I have never really at least in this incarnation of this show shared with people, we talk about growth and where we've come from the growth of this show as a result of the growth of our friendship. And we've had that question on a time or two. And I love the way you tell it way more than me, because we <laughs> met at a time where I was trying to prove myself at a radio station that we were at and you were already established and we just met each other at a time that we were rubbing each other the wrong way and it got heated. It got tense. It, you know, guns were blazing, but people always want to know how we became a show. And I feel like maybe this is the time that we just kind of dive into that because this was 2017 when you and I finally face to face, like we had talked online and you were aware of me and I was very much aware of you. And so working together was like, yes. And then tension and whatever kind of got in the way. So your, your version of the story is way more entertaining than mine. Cause I don't like how I look in this story for part of it. So, so I, I will let you just, if you're willing. So I'm on vacation, of course I'm on vacation and vacations of radio are rare. Mm -hmm. And there are time when you really want to unplug from radio station drama. Well, I didn't get to do that because my phone lights up. I'm looking, hey, you know that uh, tattooed DJ that's on in the afternoon, the new guy at the radio station's been there a total of maybe three minutes? Guess what he's doing right now? Now, I'm on vacation, and I'm not a diva. I, I've been fired. I realize I can lose my job in a right. second. I'm not, I have a lot of problems. Having a gigantuous ego is not one of them, I don't think. I'm approachable. I'm, I'm teachable. But the message said, yeah, that ace, uh, he thinks you really need some improvement uh, in your talent. And uh, he has presented to corporate that he should coach you on. <laughs> Which is not what I said. It's what got interpreted. So I, not to have a disclaimer, but it was true. That was really not what I said at all. It was that after being in programming, if 
Roxanne and that her then partner wanted coaching, I was available if they wanted it. But what got translated, and again, when you work in some industries, drama takes over. And it was like, and and then at that point, I was already pinned against the wall. So I feel like everything that happened after that, even though it was me, it wasn't me because I was already seen in a weird place. So instead of contacting you, which would have been the adult proper and Christian thing to do uh, by scripture, oh, hot-headed girl uh, calls the boss and says, you know, I'm trying to be on vacation. I don't know what this guy's trying to do. I don't know him. And can you back off the dog? Because I'm getting bit in the butt and I'm not liking it. And uh, who is he? To say these things. I mean, I'll meet him in the hallway. We'll talk about talent. And it may be fisticuffs. And anyway, it wasn't quite that mean. But uh, she said, don't worry. We'll talk about it. It's because she has to talk her talent down, right? And so we had a wonderful boss that I loved a lot that knew knew how to motivate me. (laughs) (laughs) Long story short, um. You know, we would just kind of avoid each other. I didn't know what your agenda was. And instead of, again, being an adult and and approaching you directly would have been the right thing to do. So I apologize for that. Wisdom, as you get older, you get over yourself, you know. Mm. But we had a prayer event. This is how great God is. Uh, In a town in Alabama, uh, University of Alabama, big prayer event. Had the president of Hobby Lobby speaking. And it was a big deal, and we were going to be live, and it was really important to me. And as I had so low time on the air, so there was a lot of pressure on me. I had a lot of responsibility to be a solo female in the mornings unheard of. And I really needed to make it happen. And guess who's going to produce me? The very guy that thinks I need to do better on the radio. So all the way there, I'm like, Lord, let me be respectful of this person. Let us get along. Um, let us not act like children. Let us really um, find a place of peace. <laughs> Which was my prayer that same day as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Almost verbatim. So we get there and you were very chilled because you were probably really afraid of me because, you know, I was mm-hmm. I had acted inappropriately. Yeah, afraid of me. And oh, who is that monster woman? But you did something that wrecked me. You were like, hey, look, I can't even talk about it. You said, hey, let me fix you a plate. What would you like in your coffee? I said, excuse me? What? Never has that happened. Which is mind blowing. (laughs) And I I thought, oh, there's going to be a joke in this. I'm waiting for it. And you meant it. And then I was like, oh, what is he doing? What? There's never, and I've worked with big egos on giant shows. I'm just going to say the biggest mm. of the biggest, some of the biggest radio talent there is mm. I have worked with. They've never said, let me bring you your coffee or how would you like your eggs? So I'm already kind of blown away. And your, and your professionalism kind of blew me away. And then you triple blew me away because you were like, Hey, why don't I, while I'm here, just line up some guests and kind of prep them as to what you're doing. I can't talk about it because it's so godly. And, and so I'm like, what is this person doing? 
and you line up guests and you're fun with them and you're cool with me and you have no problem with some people have a problem with a woman running things. Right. I don't No ego, no agenda. You were funny. And I thought, what is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. I had been so wrong about this person. And then the Lord got me. I didn't hear an audible voice, but might as well have because the spirit inside said, put Ace on the air. I'm like, wow, haven't liked Ace. Ace doesn't belong on my program. What are you asking me to do? <laughs> Why am I putting Ace on the program? Yeah. And the Lord had told to tell me again, like a toddler. And I did it and magic happened. The brilliance of you, the timing, your voice, your humor, your delivery. I was like, God, you have done it. I said, but I need a, just one more break. And then I'm going to know for sure. And we did the break. And it, I don't remember what we were talking about, but it was extremely funny without being rude, crude, and ugly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And for strangers, it's hard to be funny because humor's built when you know people. Right. And by the end of the second break, I'm like, that's my new partner. That is my future radio partner. This is what I've... <laughs> mm, this is what I've waited over 30 years for. Yeah. Well, and I was also in a frame of mind where I was just trying to hold on because I, I had moved back to Bama to help take care of my dad and then figured after a year that I would just go back to Michigan to be with my daughters. And when God opened the door and you said, I want you to come be morning show with me, I was like, what? Like it was and but it was such a piece, too, because in the transition of the few days from that prayer breakfast to, you know, when you asked me that, like all of the ugh, had lifted off of both of us that we we could talk and we could have fun and we could begin to know each other a little bit only to find out we had similar paths in rejection from family friends co-workers we had had similar work experiences we knew a lot of the same people and it had some of the same experiences in those veins as well so that drew us together then you couple that with then starting to live life on the air every day and with a four and five hour window together, you get to know someone. And we've been through cancers. We've been through, you know, parent deaths. We've been through new relationships and, you know. Engagements. Uh, engagements. I got engaged because you helped make that happen. Like all of those things. So, and you and I said from day one that we were going to celebrate that God had created a friendship from really dust. I mean, we were in the negatives, you know, and we had to get to a neutral to even be able to get to a positive. And that was all God's hand. That was just, you know, holding on and being obedient. And I think wherever you are in relationships with people and friendships, 
there and I have m- multiple really close friends of mine that we had the same almost situation where we started in a negative. We're like, I don't really like that person very much. <laughs> and then once we got to know each other, God orchestrated one of my closest and some of my closest friends. And obviously you are one of those. And I remember when we started talking about doing this incarnation of the show, I remember telling my wife about it. And she's like, you guys need each other in your life. Like after a, after a year sabbatical and she was right. And, and we both knew that. And so hopefully as you've listened, if this is your first time listening, you're hearing it now, or if you go back and listen uh, to previous episodes, you get the fact that this show is about friendship and the fact that God orchestrated this period for however long he chooses to do so. We want to be obedient to that. But I felt like this was the time, like, you know, we're you know coming up on 20 full episodes and we haven't really given people a chance, especially if you're new to us, to understand that this is not just a working relationship that happens to be good. I mean, on and off the air, it's it is what it is. And when people say, is Roxanne the same off as she is? I was like, what you get is what you get, you know. And so hopefully that transparency of faith and friendship and love and, you know, when you didn't do it right, but now you can, because again, like you said, we both came from places that we, God kind of humbled us. And then we were able to see each other for our true colors and like, yes, I need you in my life because you know where I've been and you know how it feels to go through those things. And so that's, you know, it's, it's not a matter that like this show would have happened anyway whether anybody's listening didn't matter. It was a matter of that you and I spend time together because we know that God put us in each other's lives for all the things that have happened and are to come. At first, my assignment was to be covering and protection for you because you'd been through some really wounding things. And I felt intensely about protecting you. Mm. And what an honor and and then the relationship really evolved to where I could trust you with some really big stuff yeah. where you're where you you're on cancer number two with your husband and you really don't know if he's gonna live or not. I mean it got and to have to live that out on the air. Um you know, I'm thankful to God because God did this. Mm-hmm. I was not bright enough smart enough, but, but now I do love God. And when he talks to me, I'm going to move. I might have to ask him twice. Is this you or is it me? Yeah. Same. But I love him and I want to serve him. And my relationship with you has allowed me to serve him in a way that really brings me a great deal of joy. Ace, Mm -hmm. you know, I just really love you. And I think sharing that story where you can be open to how God wants to work, it may not be the way you envisioned it. Right. (laughs) Very true. Very true. And on that note, we're going to wrap things up for this week. Thank you for hanging out and enduring, uh, allowing us to laugh with you and cry with you. So make sure you subscribe, like, and follow so you don't miss future episodes. We want to say thanks to My Brother's Cup and Birmingham Mortgage for making this show possible. Have a great weekend. and. What is it? Uh, Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) There it is. So I love you. Bye. I love you too, hon. You've been listening to Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. To make sure you don't miss future shows, you can subscribe anywhere you like to podcast and catch up on anything you've missed. 
Find out more at RoxanneAndAce.com. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited is a production of Spacebird Media.